up, actress Faith Prince joins Ileana in just a minute. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, it's the I Blame Dennis Hopper podcast, starring Ileana Douglas. Eavesdrop with Ileana as she interviews Hollywood's most prominent players about filmmaking, acting, and what really happens on the set of your favorite flicks and TV shows. Hi, Ileana Douglas. I'm sort of impersonating Peter Bogdanovich. You are a little bit. Welcome to the I Blame Dennis Hopper podcast. My lovely co-host, Tamara Bird. Hi, everybody. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm very excited today to have, uh, we're going to have Faith Prince here, uh, who I did a film with, Picture Perfect, but she was an amazing Broadway star. Saw her many times on on Broadway back when I was in uh, acting school. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. Incredibly so. Our talented. Broadway edition. Yes, Broadway edition indeed. Getting some amazing guests. I know, we're so lucky. I know. Good people coming up too. Yes. And we had Alfred Molina, but uh, some oh Penelope Ann Miller. I'm all yes. my, it's, basically it's my entire, well, I'm going to date myself, my Rolodex. Even yes. Though, even though a Rolodex doesn't, doesn't exist And you anymore. don't use one now, but. No. Yeah, but we know what that means. Yes. Um, so I have a question for you. Sure, so I love questions. We're, um, you know, it, awards season is winding down, has yes. wound down. Yes, And um, so it's kind of famously known that the presenters at the Oscars get these incredible swag bags, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, there are lots of opportunities for actors to get swag. Happens a lot. Happens like, you know, end of shooting gifts and things like that, right? <laughs> not on my films, no? but no, not too much. I, so, well, that my question used to be, is... It used to be. Okay, yeah. So my question is, what is the best, worst, and or strangest swag you've ever received? Well, the strangest swag is like when you went up to... I, I, think, I think somebody handed, you know, you get underwear or bras or things like that. Okay. You know, All right. right. Um, you go up to Sundance, you get ski boots. I think the only oh. place left that gives good swag is up at Sundance. Oh. But all the other, like like the Spirit Awards, because I do a lot of in, yes. you know independent films, they stopped doing the gifting suite. So I don't, so I don't go anymore. I don't need. Uh, I don't. I. That was half the reason. So they gave out some amazing, you know, watches and. And mm-hmm. things like that. But sometimes you get, you know, the the thing that would lately happen is they'd say, well, we want to give you this juicer. Oh, wonderful. You hear, you just have to take a picture with it. And right. then and then they pull it away from you and they say, we're going to send it to you. And then <gasps> nine times out of ten, they, they don't. don't. No, they never send it to you. That usually happens a lot. So oh. if you don't get it on the day, you're screwed. But up at Sundance, I've received... That's a good pro tip for up-and-comings who... Grab it. Yeah, grab it while you can, right? Grab it quick. Uh, But, you know, know, watches, sunglasses, Mm -hmm. things like that, coats, some, you know, great things, as I said, up at Sundance. Mm -hmm. I've gotten some fantastic uh, quotes. Next next time, if I'm ever wearing something that was a a freebie, I'll... uh, I will uh, show it off. Yeah. I'm not ashamed. No. To no. Uh, I mean, some of my best friends, like Ed Bagley Jr. hawks things. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Absolutely. <laughs> Who's been on the show before. Ed yes, has, yeah. Ed has been on the show. But no, sadly, the you know, I'm sure it still occurs. But yeah. in many ways, it's more pressure. I know, you know, back in the day when there was some big parties that I went to and, you know, you wear, you're wearing like a $50,000 necklace. It, it's actually a little bit more stressful. You're right. It, it's sort of it's fun and not fun. You know, I find because yeah. I think I'm, I'm always thinking it's going to break or, you know, I'm, I'm, it's going to be like a Lucy episode <laughs> <laughs> where it's it like, you know, falls in the toilet. And I'm, I have to explain that, you know, oh. I went to the 99 cent store and replaced it with this or, you know, something like that. Or you rip something or you destroy something, you know, right. and, and then have to give it back. So, you know, Maria, who Maria Menounos, who is one of the founders of the network that we are partnered with, she I was just remembering this, that about 10 years ago, she wore a diamond crusted gown. Wow. To cover the Oscars. Uh And I remember hearing about how there was a person who literally just walked behind her everywhere she went. She had many guards, for Mm -hmm. one. But she also had, like, a person who would pick up... Because you know how sequins and beads fall off of dresses? Yes. That all the time? Yes. There was a... As my drag queen friends tell me. Right. Right. She had, like, a a diamond scooper (laughs) behind her, picking up any diamonds that would fall off her dress. And apparently two did during the whole thing. It's an incredibly beautiful dress. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, you should you should take a look at it. It's but the, the 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 days of the gifting suite are over because yeah. then the, then the next thing was this bizarre anything you got for free you were ten ninety nine yes. for so why would you you know right. you didn't want it in the first place right and then now they're gonna ten ninety nine you meaning you know you would have, you have to, to pay tax you'd have to pay a tax income tax it. on it. Yes. Um, so they don't they don't ten ninety nine you anymore, or they there's no gifting suite. Because I know the gifting it, suite still exists to some degree. Because yeah. I have people come to me and say, mm-hmm. "Will you donate things for our gifting suite, or would you like to pay money to participate?" It's a whole scam. Let me tell you. Yeah, they ask like you know. So this is my role as a designer. They they ask me to like give away my jewelry and pay money to have the opportunity to oh, give away my sound, jewelry. No, that sounds like a scam. Yeah. I'm, so I, um, I, I refuse to participate. If you want to send me something, just just send, send it. Send it to me right. personally. Exactly. I don't need a gifting. Just send, send it to my home. Absolutely. <laughs> find me find me on the interweb. Yeah. Tweet me and say you want to send me some something or send nice. It here, some send fun it here t-shirt to the studio. with a 60s motif and right. I'll take it. Cuz that um, is your jam. We uh, we have to bring in Faith yes, Prince because it's she is of course a Tony Award winner uh, for Guys and D- Dolls Drama Desk uh, Outer Critics Circle Award. Her other Broadway roles include, of course, Annie, The Little Mermaid, uh, Noises Off, A Catered Affair, which I did not see the musical of the. This was the Betty Davis movie, and she's of course appeared on television, Modern Family, Spin City, many others. And I want to make sure to plug your album, True Faith, <laughs> or A Leap of Faith. My friend Faith Prince, and I didn't even know you were out here. I think of you. You're. I think you. We met. We saw each other. You were like, you're out here. That's right. And people always. Think, I think we were actually at the Beverly Hot Springs. We were. We were naked. And we were I'm, naked. We were naked. Oh my God, we swam. Brilliant. I love knowing that. Beverly Hot Springs. And we both. We haven't seen each other what, since 1998, 99, where yes. we did Picture Perfect, and we both like looked at each other and went, oh, Eliana Faith. 
okay. Yes. And it was like instantaneous. I could. I was said, it because you were naked? No, it was no. so. I looked. We were looked. I think we're both just cool. really present, honestly. But I looked across and I said, Faith? I, I couldn't. I was shocked. It was I hilarious. Yeah, but you look the same. I mean. Get out of here. You look. I think you look the same. Now we were in this wonderful uh, romantic comedy together called Picture Perfect, which we sh- which part of the reason I did it was it was shot in New York City. I know, right? And I wanted to, and I, I actually wrote a little bit about it in my book because we had one scene where they had to shut down Times Square. I know, and that, that wow. was like my Wasn't fantasy. Where me and Jennifer Aniston were like, and I begged Glenn Gordon, Karen, I said, "Can I wear a hat? Like, can I be like you know Dean Martin?" <laughs> Frank Sinatra, like, we just had to look up and, you know, sort of admire New York City. And we had thousands of people around watching I just remember that, that one scene took us about four days to, to shoot. And I love it. He, he let us do improv. Do you remember that? I came yes. up with a couple of lines. And it was really fun. It was complicated because it was, you know, I always, whenever I see a, a, a movie scene with... Um, a dinner table. It's they're the hardest to shoot because everyone has to get coverage, and they move the camera around. That's right. And then, and then a scene like that where you've got extras in the background. That that's and a band. What, oh my god! And, yeah. You're right, in a band. But you know what always stumps me is they they start with a master, and you've got all this energy yeah. and you're giggling. And by the time they get to your single, that's you're, that's why you're I had a, to do Broadway because. I'm not the kind of person I can't hold back on anything. Mm-hmm. So I just had to build up my energy. So anytime I did film or television, I just gave it 150 percent every single time. Yes, because I just don't. I don't know how to hold back. It's just not in my body at all. Yes, well, Do you know I, what I'm saying. Totally. I was. I mean, I was very excited to see you there at the table. I'd see you know, of course, seeing you on Broadway. You were so nice. I always expect Broadway people to have a little. Oh, really? You know, oh, yeah. God. I, like I think we're from... the most down-home, uh, hard-trodden, uh, gone the long way, you know. Yeah. And, and we were so excited to be around film and television. You know, it's just such a different different world. So I want to go back now. Of course, we always like to start the show uh, talking about movies. And do you yes. remember the first film uh, that you saw? I do. The very first film uh, my parents took... Me and I guess it was me and my brother. Uh, mm-hmm. It was Spencer's Mountain, and it was a oh. um, it was uh, one of the the outdoor theaters, you mm-hmm. know, the drive-in Drive-ins. theaters at that time. And Spencer's Mountain later on became uh, the Waltons. Oh, interesting! I didn't yeah. know it was a movie. Yeah, and he, the same writer, wrote right. and uh, was about living on that mountain in Virginia. Huh. I had no I had no idea. Yeah. And did you watch musical? You grew up in in the South. I did. I think the first musical I went to probably I'm thinking like Sound of Music, mm-hmm. uh Mary Poppins, something like that. Did you watch them on I mean, did you have an idea that you wanted to go into musical theater or acting or Honestly, I think the first thing I remember was going to a live version of Peter Pan and watching Peter Fly, and I thought, 
oh, that really looks like fun, <laughs> you know? And then when I was in the first grade, um, I remember in church, I wanted to get up and do the, you know, the blessing or something. And my mother was like, oh, God. Because my mother was, she's, she's more of an introvert. Mm-hmm. And I was definitely an extrovert. And my mother was always like, oh, my God, what's she going to do, you know? And But in first grade, I came home and I said, so um, I'm going to be in the talent show. And she said, oh, oh, you are? And I said, yeah. And I, she said, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to read a Raggedy Ann poem. And, of course, she's the one, actually, that really did it for me because mm-hmm. she got an old tennis shoe and put sawdust in it and, you know, did my little tights with strips of red and Aww. everything. And I said the poem, you know, with a lot of feeling. Yes. And shook the foot, and then the sawdust came out of it. And I think I got, like, third prize, and it was, you know, maybe first through it's eighth grade or something. It's a good laugh. It was cute. It's your first. <laughs> and we were talking before, uh, we have a, a, we love a lot of the same actresses, Gene yes. Arthur. Oh, I love Gene Judy Arthur. Holliday, Judy Barbara Holliday, Barbara Harris. Oh, my God. Now, they all have one thing in common. They, Quirky, they, leading women. Yeah. Woo! Go Woo-hoo, figure. I know. And uh and Jean Arthur, another you know oh, all three She was yeah. a brilliant And she was, you know, again much older than people realized, uh-huh. you know. She was in her forties doing some of these uh parts, but she had that little wobble in her voice oh, and it was I just like I honestly I just never grow tired of watching her. It's like Elaine May. You know, I love yeah. actresses. Honestly, like you, like you know who my present day one is Rachel Bay Jones that was in Pippin. Mm-hmm. I watched her and I was like, oh my God, because it's unexpected. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're gonna do. And I, I pride myself, not that I'm trying to be unexpected, it's just I don't want you to see, like, the timing might be come, coming quicker. or right. It's just, it's like playing jazz mm-hmm. in musical theater or movies or quirky, you know. I, I, to me, I guess that's what I was attracted to. Do you think that that, that carries over from life? Because it doesn't seem like you stop being that quirky you know maybe do you see life in a, in a definitely quirky way? I, I, I know I would I say I'm ne- I'm never going to be jaded in my life yeah you're a cockeyed optimist I am I know me too I am and and that What's doesn't mean that? you know sure I get upset <laughs> things don't go a certain way but I'm always yes. like okay I give myself a couple days I'm all right it's not going to happen step to the rear now who gets me you know yes. it's just I'm I'm like that that's why I never quit growing and uh doing different things and it it may have been uh, you know because I don't do one thing you know Uh but I I just can't be that so when you did and I'm skipping around a little bit because I want to go back to your early musical theater but eventually when you did Bells Are Ringing which of course Judy Holiday made yes famous I mean how do you approach uh, doing it. I mean, how is it kind you know? Of what, hard? Most of my career, I've I've been in uh, a lot of revivals. That's you true. Know, um, Guys and Dolls, mm-hmm. um, Bells Are Ringing, King and I. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I just did Wonderful Town, uh, L.A. Opera. You know, mm-hmm. a stage reading of that. And people go, well, you know, how are you going to follow that? Well, I don't think like that. Yeah. I think, oh, well, they wrote it for me. Mm-hmm. Now, how would I approach it? What does this mean to me? And that's why I teach, too, because I help people break it down. How are you connected to this? Right. And suddenly my movie wheel, and I call it that, in my head, starts pulling out of the bag images or memories or thoughts. And sometimes if, if I don't, if I think, I don't know how that woman's walking through that or that man, if, mm-hmm. I mean, I do that too. But, um, 
but I'm thinking, oh, but I have a friend. This is how I'd walk through that door. Right. I mean, she's going to give me the clue to this. Or Mm -hmm. my grandmother, you know, like I did a catered affair, which was a musical version of a catered affair that Betty Davis did. Wonderful film. Patty Chayefsky. And And uh, it was dark. uh, Debbie Reynolds. That's right. Will play the daughter. That's right. And I, I mean, most people have never seen me in anything like that. Yeah. And uh, I thought my grandmother is the way in. You know, Mm -hmm. and I was parts of it. Uh, my my grandmother was more positive than that, mm-hmm. but the dailiness of her life, what her life became, what her choices were, that was my way through the through the door. Mm-hmm. And that's why I encourage people because if you perform a song or you're you're auditioning with a song, it's like, okay, you brought this song. Well, you know, my teacher chose it for me. No, dear, if you're if you're singing it, mm-hmm. you chose it. So how are you connected to it? What what about you is coming through this? Mm-hmm. You know, so. I mean, it started with me, films, you know, musicals, Mm -hmm. everything like that. So when you, so did you make a decision, um, you were in, so you're in New York Mm -hmm. and out and auditioning, are you going to like open calls and... First I went to open calls and back then, you know, we didn't have the internet. So it was, uh, you you bought the backstage magazine (laughs) every Thursday, you know, and they only sold it in certain places, you Uh know, or the Village Voice. You know, um, to get a few in the back of that, you know, and I started going to open calls, but I was, I was pretty funny and pretty ballsy in a very Southern nice way. Mm -hmm. For instance, uh, I remember one time they had all these people and I said, Oh, listen, I, I, I've had all that training. You need me to be this funny girl in this. You're going to want me to be that girl. And they just looked at me and I said, no, I'm really funny. I'm going to be your girl, you know? And I, I think I got close if I didn't get that. Now, did you then back that up with singing a great song? Like, what, well, were, yeah. what were some of your audition songs? Um, uh, Gorgeous from Apple Tree. Mm-hmm. Um, Barbara I used Harris. To do, yeah. Is It a Crime from Bells Are Ringing. That oh. was my go-to song. Great song. But then I would turn around and do something like, Ten can at my feet, think I'll kick it down the street. You know, Randy Newman. Yeah, I'd hire you. You know, and then you undercut <laughs> it with something... Completely different. Yes. Now, how I have to get it. The first time I saw you, of course, was in uh, Jerome Robbins' uh, Broadway. Right. That was uh, what an incredible experience with Jason Alexander. Yes. A lot got, of great people came out that, of that cast. That, Debbie Shapiro Gravett, uh, Charlotte D'Amboise, Marianne Lamb. They went on to really. I got to see it a few times because I there was a boy in my class that was Jerome Robbins' assistant. Wow. Oh my god! Good-looking young ballet. He was of a course. he was a ballet <laughs> dancer. He used to tell me funny stories about Jerome Robbins, like that he was incredibly cheap and that he clipped coupons and he would give him coupons. He couldn't believe it. It was hilarious. I'd tell him to go out and get snacks and things. He's like with coupons. Yeah. You work with a great, I mean, he, my he, goodness. Amazing, amazing. So I want to go all the way back to just how did you even get involved with auditioning? Well, you have to realize show. I've been in New York 10 years. First of all, I went to Cincinnati Conservatory of Music mm-hmm. for training. So I had a really good school that I went to. And that was life-changing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sort of like the tortoise and the hare, you know. Remember who wins, wins the race? They mm-hmm. get there. But I'm slow going, but I'm very methodical, and I'm like a sponge, and I just kept putting little things and getting it and get it and mm-hmm. my senior year I I graduated most talented my class which blew me away because I I really had the least experience coming into those four years but I think it was just nose to the grindstone and I'm mm-hmm. a very good student mm-hmm. and that's what I tell you know 
kids that I just be a good student like mm-hmm. get everything you can from that person then you can be a rebel and start pulling things from yourself but right. people sometimes they want to push themselves against the teacher it's like no just take take mm-hmm. take take in got it okay I'm not sure got it and I'm like that way with directors too it's like I want to see what they see but mm-hmm. I won't let it cost what I have to bring to the table right so that's the way I was in school. So by the time I got out, I really had some material. I knew who I was. Mm-hmm. I knew the kind of roles I would go for. Um, I and think I, that's important. That's very important. That's right. But I didn't kind of... limit myself. I went from those. Like, mm-hmm. I went from musical comedy. So I was the best friend, you know. I would be the, the funny girl in the second act with the story song, you right. know. Um, I knew who I was. But then I started sort of getting my chops, and I was actually pretty good actress Mm -hmm. you know and I started doing different kinds of things and really stretching and um, so I did almost every summer stock and Lort theater from Pomona to you know New Jersey Mm -hmm. I mean I I worked very hard and then then I started creeping towards like I get uh, maybe carousel at the Kennedy Center I was doing you know uh um, Carrie Pippridge mm-hmm. and was with Tom Wopat and we were supposed to come in and then that wouldn't come in and then then I'd get something downtown you know I, I got the I was the first Audrey in Little Shop and couldn't take it oh no yeah wow, wow. and then ended up doing it after Ellen Green you know but probably had I starred in that mm-hmm. in the beginning I wouldn't have gotten Adelaide you know it just things and that's why I say to people don't worry about it don't oh this is my one shot no it isn't right. it'll go another way just like there are a million ways into the business mm-hmm. and and that's why I love students because it's like okay so talk to me what are your instincts mm-hmm. I mean my son is in this business he's studying to be a music producer he's he's already finding his and I just put it in his court mm-hmm. so what'd you think so what? How did that feel? Does it feel like you want to be an engineer? No, more of a producer, mom. I need to, you know. But it's using your instincts, and we all have that ability and signs. And to right. me, that's the abstract road. It is linear in our way. But I think just because it, it's interesting, because this is one of you know. Of course, I've, I've always seen people in movies, but very rarely am I interviewing someone where you, you see them on stage, and right. then that's a different, such a different perspective. Yeah. And so when I was in school and watching you on stage I think that what you did was you really did create a type that I hadn't seen before interesting you know with you you, as you said you did you made uh, accessible you weren't just the funny friend right you showed that the quirky person could Could be be, dark and real and and I always you know but you also had an amazing voice I mean well but that came later too and that's why I say get a good voice teacher keep Mm -hmm. at it you know Um, at the conservatory and in fact, I remember a friend of mine, Jeff Saver, who's now a wonderful, successful musical director, he just said, you didn't have that voice in college. And I went, <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't. But I had a really good voice teacher there. Yes. But then I went on to really pound it out for four years mm-hmm. with a wonderful teacher named Harry Garland who lived in the Ansonia Hotel. Wow. You know? I think I re- remember people yeah. sort of talking going, about the, Yeah. Yes. And he was fantastic. There. And he was Southern. Mm-hmm. So I... I you know, I felt comfortable with him, and he and I'd say, Harry, you know, I keep getting all these ro- these really big belt rolls, and I'm not sure I have the technique. And he said, Honey, you can walk and chew gum, can't you? 
<laughs> and I said, yes, sir, I can. He said, then you can sing and act. He said, I'm going to help you. So working with Jerome Robbins, uh, you know, obviously a legend, was he, uh, but you weren't, a, you you sort of, you came up against him. He, he was, uh, you have a little funny story. I about... do. Well, <laughs> I, I kind of, you have to remember, we were in rehearsal for six months. Oh, my God. I can't even Six. imagine. Can you imagine not really having a real audience in front of you? And that's and you're like doing a, funny, you it, know. Usually it's six weeks. Is that is that um, a rehearsal hall? Yeah, was yeah, it so eight ninety studios? You know, yeah. the big, the, uh, still my favorite. The Were they tape they're off? Not in, yes, and you know, on the it was floor. Big, you know, uh, huge high ceilings. Yeah, and you could look out and see New York City, and oh, oh my god, it was just. Did amazing. you share? Because I I know briefly. I never worked on Broadway, but I worked even on Off Broadway, mm-hmm. and we'd have studio spaces. And then my favorite thing was lunch because you could see like you know Alan Bates, or absolutely. Franklin oh my god, <laughs> Tom Cruise would be in the you know yeah. elevator rehearsing for some film. Of or, course, I mean it was just the greatest studio. Yeah, you know? and then uh, there was. Um, <laughs> Just a man who made hats for the theater and yeah. the building and and uh, costume exciting. designers. It was great. So I interrupted you. So I'm you sorry. had your. So I, I finally I, I thought if Jerry Robbins doesn't put me in the show, maybe I should rethink this because I always felt like I was born thirty years too late. Mm-hmm. And he really got me. Mm-hmm. But he um, put me in these roles, and he was running it like a ballet company. Because, you know, of course, Balanchine and right. years of uh, uh, the ballet. and, mm-hmm. and I, But I didn't know what that was. And so I'd be learning my soft shoe with, like, Jason Alexander. You know, we did, I still get jealous when I look at you. You know? Great show. But I noticed two people behind me, behind the line, were learning it too. <laughs> and I'm thinking, hmm, wonder what that means. So I asked to have a meeting with Mr. Robbins, which was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. So uh, I remember walking into one of those studios. At the end of the day, he was in the middle. I came, they said, yeah, Mr. Robbins will see you now. I came in and I said, so do I have the job or am I still auditioning? He said, what are you talking about? I said, well, uh, today, like when I was doing the soft shoe, I had two people behind me. Perhaps you haven't seen them, but they're very good. (laughs) (laughs) And he just looked at me and he said, Faith, he said, do you think vaudevillians were trained? I said, no. He said, that's why I hired you. I went, all right, see you tomorrow. Wow. But I stood up to him a couple times. You know, he, he, he drove me crazy one time. And I said, you know, it needs a pause. He goes, no, no, it doesn't. I said, yes, it does. But you wouldn't know that because we haven't had an audience for six months. I mm-hmm. said, I could show you. <laughs> wow. And he got so flustered. And I was like, oh, God, I'm going to get my pink slip. Yeah. And everybody in the room was like, I can't believe you talked to Jerome Robbins like that. And it wasn't disrespectful. Yes. It was just like, I've had it. Yeah. yeah. You know, you need to, like, let this fly. Right. Like, let it go. You know, and he was, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, I remember Robert LaFosse followed me out and said, tell him he d- doesn't articulate. I said, I'm not telling him a thing, <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh, God, me and my big mouth, you know, because um, I had a very difficult father. So I learned to stand up to people very young and mm-hmm. it really was a gift, not disrespectful, but right. I, I wasn't afraid of risking that. Mm-hmm. So anyways, that night 
one of the girls had a party. It was a Christmas party, and I went. I kept waiting all day for the pink slip because I thought, oh, he's going to just pop me, you know. And I walked into the party, and the first person I see is Jerry Robbins. He looks at me, and I look at him, and he looks at me, and I said, Merry Christmas. <laughs> he said, Merry Christmas. But the next time we have, like, sort of a struggle, a, a row, could we talk about it? I've been upset all day. Aww. I was like, yes, sir, we can. I said, it's going to be okay. Aww. And then we went to purchase, and we did a run-through and everything, and he came up to me, and he goes, take the pause. <laughs> but you have to understand, he was so That's he was so very funny. controlling. Take the pause. Take that the pause. should be the name of your autobiography. Right? Yeah. Take the pause. I love it. Wow. It's so great to be right, isn't it? For once. Well, but I don't have to be right. That's the other thing about me. No, you're just... You know what that, I mean? I think that that's part of being quirky is that you just... You have natural instincts and, right. and you don't... Sometimes you just don't edit. Right. And you just... And but you don't I'm mean great to be challenging. At, at taking adjustments. I mean, I love nothing better. In fact, mm-hmm. my son was... You know, he's working on this album and he said, yeah, he liked a lot of what I did, but he gave mm-hmm. me some notes and I'm learning so much. And I said, fun. Adjustments are great. Mm-hmm. You know? Because I love that, too. But you have to have both. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because in the theater, all it is is adjustments. And then you go do movies and nobody tells you anything. So it's a a completely different experience. And then sometimes, you know, for years doing movies, and then when you go do a play, it's always unsettling. Because you're like, what? What do you mean? Hold the cup here. Right. Sit down here. That's right. It's completely. It can be very different depending on the director. Yes. Some people block the whole show out. I'm like, yeah. okay, what am I doing? Okay. Um, you know, but it's, and, and I'm very instinctual, so well, I don't have a problem with that. You want to yes. show me? Okay, if something feels wrong, then I might go, okay, so I've done this, this, and this for you. Mm-hmm. Do you mind, even though I'm going to I'm gonna maybe go back and put the cup down so I could just turn really right. fast and then I don't have to, whatever, you but know. But doing a, I mean, then once you're up and running, I mean, that just must have been just pure joy. Just, oh, for I me? Mean, it yeah. is. I think you have to have a chip missing to be able to do, do it that many times in a row. But for me, it frees me up. So mm-hmm. I'm really listening to the audience. I'm thinking, who are these people tonight? Oh, I'm going to go this way and get this. Or mm-hmm. yeah. a little tough, are we? Okay, I'll get you this way, you know. <laughs> and um, I have my little own inner thing. And then, of course, you've got life creeping in and, you know, who's there and, you oh, know, all of that. But it's best. sheer joy for me. So then you move from that hit, which is a smash hit, to another smash hit, which is Guys and Dolls. Well, through Nick and Nora, which wasn't a, a smash hit. Which I did not see Nick and Nora. I wonder why I didn't see that, because I saw well, it. Well, I, I think usually... it was short-lived. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure many people saw that. I think it had 70 previews and eight performances. Oh. <laughs> so. But usually, well, that's usually when we were in acting school, that's when they would, you I know. know that's not till it... Spider-Man have they done that many previews. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I wish I'd see that, but that's where, like, you know, I'd see. Uh, I got. I I did see Moose Murder when I did. I did a movie with Holland Taylor. I was Dear. like, I've seen Moose, Moose Murders, right? I love. But her. so you move into do. I mean, which is another American classic. God, what a great musical, Guys and Dolls is it, amazing. And who's and when Jerry Zach saw me in Nick and Nora because I played the the dead uh, the the person who gets murdered. Mm-hmm. The victim, <laughs> I think they call it. And who else? Now I want to listen. Uh, Joanna to Gleason, Deborah Monk, oh. Chris Sarandon, Barry Bostwick, um, Christine Baranski. Fantastic. Sounds like a great cast. Yeah. Now I'm going to go and listen Arthur to Arthur Lawrence wrote it and directed it. Arthur, wow. These are 
Jeez, top shelf. Malty. Um, Do you think it was Malty. just the timing? It's always hard. And Charles Strauss wrote the hard the to music. set timing of it. Just not I think the right. a lot of things. I think it's hard to do um, again. It was a film, you know. It was a series mm-hmm. of films, Nick and Nora. So people got to see the way they would go after and solve these murders. Well, mm-hmm. th- you have to pick one, right? And it became about the murder mm-hmm. instead of about Nick and Nora. I see. That makes so, sense. So then, moving into guys uh, and dolls, guys and dolls, yes. Jerry Zachs, and right. had you worked with him before? I had not. I mean, again, this is the era of Jerry Zachs. <sighs> Yes, he's doing Hello Dolly this season. I know with I Ben know. Midler. I know. I'm Woo-hoo. excited. I'm going to go see that. Um, is that a part you'd want to play? Definitely. Hello Dolly. Yeah. I'd be a good Dolly. I know. I, I'm. I'm. Again, like I was saying, how do you connect to Dolly? Oh, yes. I am that woman. Yes. I am like, can I help you? Mm-hmm. I could, uh, you know, uh, shop your thing. I could help you. I could um, help you write a book. I could, yeah. you know, I, I'm that girl. You know, and she was living in a time where women didn't really do that. Uh, well, if it's a hit play, it'll go. Do you think you it'll retour? Could potentially oh, retour, right? I think anything's possible. Isn't that what? Is yeah. that what happens when a music? You just you'd have to go. You just have to her just because just in case if, if it could go to a national tour. Now, oh, if absolutely! It's, if it's a huge yeah. hit. Yeah, oddly enough, I've not really ever done but one national tour, and that was Billy Elliot, mm-hmm. which I loved. Oh, I played the dance teacher in that. That's a wonderful. Oh, it was great mu- musical. I think I knew somebody in uh, Jimmy Smagula was in was in it, on Broadway was uh-huh. in Jimmy's uh, was in uh, on that it's show. It's fabulous. But so yeah. guy, I, I got to get back dolls. to Guys and Dolls, which was an incredible musical. It was for me, and I'll I'll tell you show stopping number. Yes, and Jerry Zachs, I think, because he's sort of a character guy himself. He actually, you know, in 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 normal scheme of things, at the mm-hmm. end of the show, you'd have uh, Adelaide and Nathan come out and bow, and then. And then uh, uh, Sky and 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 uh, Sarah Brown, you mm-hmm. know, come out and and they get the last bow because they were the ingenue leads, mm-hmm. right? Well, Jerry, being a character person, gave Nathan and I the last bow, which was you know not traditional. Mm-hmm. And and what that did for me then was knock me up to quirky leading lady. Wow. So that was life-changing for me. Mm -hmm. So then people were looking at me differently. And sometimes that was a problem. It's like, you know, when you go on to get nominated and you win something like that, it's kind of the kiss of death for about five years. Because then it's like, well, is that worthy of you to play that? It's like, you know, I just want to be the best friend if it's a good part. You know what I mean? Well, I went, you know, it's interesting. I went back and watched on YouTube uh, you winning your Tony. And it's it's the momentum for you in the audience uh, before. You, I mean, people were screaming like they really were rooting for you. You could tell that they were rooting for you. And then it was you, very nice. And then you did win. So you were the toast of Broadway. It was fun. But honestly, um, award show is not my thing, really. Mm-hmm. I really liked the work. And a lot of that was, it was taxing, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't mean to put it down in any way. I'm very honored by it. But not my favorite part of that. Honestly, that's so interesting because now it's now awards seem to be uh, so important. I know they put it in their hands. And I, they become I know I'm just com- not that girl. Completely different person. And you, I, you must talk about working with the great Nathan Lane and oh, your guys' yes. incredible chemistry. We did. 
Uh, um, you know, it was cute. He was on uh, Andy. What's his name? His show. Um, the, the the you know the Housewives of Beverly Hills. He always. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. Uh, I can't I think can't. of his name either, but Andy, we know him. Andy Cohen. Cohen, that's it. Thank you. Good. Uh, I wanted there. to say Clooney, and I knew that wasn't right. Uh, <laughs> there is an Andy Clooney there, <laughs> but not Andy Cohen. Anyways, Nathan was on there. It was cute because my mother-in-law was like, she goes, I think you should see this piece with Nathan. And, and I said, oh, okay. And and I guess some girl had called in and, and asked him his favorite person he'd ever been on stage with. And it was actually me. Aww. That's sweet. Wow. So we did, we had a deep love mm-hmm. for each other. And before that, we had done a, a play called Bad Habits that he was not too happy in. But um, uh, that show. Was that at the Manhattan Theater Club? Yes. I saw that too. Oh, my God. Remember so. Kate Nelligan? Yes. And you know who was our understudy? Allison Allison Janney. Allison Janney. That's how I know because she was she was friends with my roommate for the Zolden Neighbor Playhouse. I love her. I love her. She's one of my faves. I know, fantastic uh, actress and Um, quirky and quirky lady. Yes, some people feel we look alike. I don't. Yes. I don't know if that's... You could play sisters. Yes, I can I see that. that's true. Sure. We both have bangs. She's very tall. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. But I mean, Just like you. Very it. present. Very sharp. Yeah. Just I take it's more like an overall sort of yeah. feeling. I take it. compliments for her on, yeah. on all occasions. <laughs> on all occasions. So... And, Anyways. But, yeah, so bad habits. So then... So you're... So, wor- um, yeah, it was just kind of a strange I don't know because I, I love Terrence McNally he's really given me a lot of mm-hmm. uh, straight roles he's, he's the one who came to me up at the Kennedy Center and said you're an actress and I was like what you know I'm thinking musical theater girl but um, he's given me a lot of opportunity and mm-hmm. written things for me like Man of No Importance and Unusual Acts of Devotion he wrote the play um, but anyways Nathan was a part of that family at Manhattan Theater Club and right. I'd gotten to know him through that but this this was our, and um, I remember Jerry Zach saying, eh, "I hear that play didn't go so well." And I said, "Yeah, but it's not about me, and that wasn't the problem." Mm-hmm. I said, "I have a feeling." I said, "Nathan and I are old school," mm-hmm. and I said, "Given the right roles, I think we could really fly," and we did. Yes, uh, I, and and was and that was apparent because then people start coming to the show. Does that unhinge the the play in any way? Do you have to worry about that? Because people are now coming to see you, and it's show-stopping number. Oh, it was and... a lot of pressure. Yeah, I mean, I won't kid you. Yeah, like they're... And for some reason, too, um, I got a bad, bad uh, uh, bout of vertigo. So it was, it was something, and I finally... I mean, the guy who did my cat scan said, I don't know how you're on a raked stage doing a musical. Yeah. And I went, great need. <laughs> and I, I, I think the way I coped with it was just pretending I was drunk. Wow. It was like, wee, you know. That's but a- it was, um, I'd gotten some virus or, yes, um, I, you know. Yes, I've heard of that. Just wild. But it was, it was, it was something. Mm-hmm. So then after you won the, after you won the Tony, did you think, because nowadays people would win the Tony and immediately go to, you know, California and try to get on a television show. Well, that's what I kind of did, you along did. with the play. I did uh, Donald Margulies' play that, uh, um, and Joe Montella was the director, um, called What's Wrong With This Picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had two series written for me for CBS, and neither one of them went. Were they both just pilots or? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Just pilots. And then after that, just dis- went back to, did you, you know, what? Did, how did you find, I mean, because now. Once but you, you have to understand, I really had not done that much television. I mm-hmm. think I had done a pilot with Suzanne Summers when I was first starting out. I'd done like a Remington Steel. I mean, that's how far I go back, you know. <laughs> um, but I really hadn't done that much television. Suddenly I had my own pilot for a series. Yes. You know? And um, in those days, you know, we didn't have all the different, um, you know, networks. It was mm-hmm. basically right. three plus Fox, I right. think. What's interesting is that, you know, now in the, because musicals are popular, but at that point you're doing musicals on Broadway, but it's not like you went to Hollywood and they were doing musicals. That's right. They, they hadn't come back into... This was before Gallivant. This was before, you know, La La Land. This was, you know, where yes. it wasn't... Chicago. Although, there, Cop Rock, there was like a... They tried. Oh, Cop Rock. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. You know, that he tried. He was he was before its time. Yes. yes and honestly, sure. my pilot was before its time. It was, mm-hmm. it was very much like Will and Grace, and uh, I had... My best friend was a gay man mm-hmm. and uh, it was before friends it was in a coffee shop and uh, you know so sometimes you're just ahead of your time mm-hmm. you know wait I'm curious about something when you do a show and then doing the cast recording afterwards and what are the differences when obviously you know you're singing live and the excitement versus singing in a in a booth how, how do you cope with that well they uh <sighs> Is it the the RCA building? You know, Mm -hmm. they had this great studio that actually is not there anymore. Um, I think Guys and Dolls might have been one of the last ones to be recorded there. Really? But um, what's funny is I had in my mind, because once I got it in my body, it's hard to stand in one place. Yeah. (laughs) I think I said the S-H-I-T word many times on the, because they, you know, they did a recording of it. Yeah. um, it's just hard without doing the whole whatever you're normally doing. So there's yeah. that. Um, but it's very exciting, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I and would that... always think there's more pressure doing that than, you know, because it's forever. I always think of that mm. famous uh, Elaine Stritch thing of her having. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, company. A, Remember? Meltdown. Meltdown. One of my favorite things. I know. I, I used to only have a VHS of it. Which I hear you. Carry it around, you know, share that with was, our friends. That was an aha moment for me watching that. It, in what way? Yeah, I just thought, uh, first of all, I think I'm going to know her, and the, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be a mess. But you know, that that kind of went in my head. I thought, I'm, I'm I don't want to be neurotic. Yeah, you know, and I love her. Right. But, but I was like, oh, that's not going to work for me. Yeah. It, it I, I want to be her. more grounded than that. Um, uh, and I love her. I mean, I shared a dressing room with her one time at, uh, at a roast we were doing, or leading, it might have been even leading Ladies at Broadway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was a riot mm-hmm. and uh, kind of an exhibitionist and very funny. And stick, you know, she was diabetic, so she just loved it. She loved the shock value. She was a hoot. Uh, amazing. <laughs> and the first time she came to see me was in Nick and Nora. And mm-hmm. I mean, I was in the theater late one night and I heard the glunk, 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 Faith Prince. She was like screaming, <laughs> Faith Prince. And I'm thinking, oh God, who is it? You know, knock at the door, Faith. I opened it. She goes, I'm Elaine Stritch. And that is the last time I'm going to ever have to climb three flights of stairs to see you. You're going to be a big star. Now, where's your bathroom? I have to pee. <gasps> Oh my God! It's hilarious. That's great. Any other people of that 
you know, note that you met like great leading ladies of um, Liza Minnelli. Liza Minnelli came to see me in Guys and Dolls. Oh my God, that's incredible. She, she came to wow. see me at the Rainbow Room one time. She's lovely. Um, Linda Lavin. Linda Lavin, um, great Linda Lavin. Broadway lady. Yeah. Phyllis Newman. Yes. Um, Angela Lansbury. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I sang If You Walked Into My Life one time to, for, as a tribute to her, and I thought mm-hmm. I was going to pass out. I love her so much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of people through the years. Peter Boyle. Oh, the great Peter Boyle. Yes. He's amazing. Yeah. And he said, are you really taking this in? I remember him saying that. He said, don't mm-hmm. miss a second because it's not always like this. And I said, yes, sir, I, I'm really taking this It's in. funny you say that because I was interviewing uh, Alfred Molina and he was oh, saying... One of my favorites. I know. the good, so Both the person and the actor. Yes. And he was talking about being on it's Broadway amazing. and just, you know, <laughs> graphic terms. I know. Like just how the world opens up. Oh, Miss, he's, you know, we're, he said he was having uh, dinner with his son and the son was like, oh, oh how do they know? You know, like, uh, good evening, Mr. Like suddenly overnight everyone knows you're in a hit, right. hit show. It's a very small community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, you know, it, it, if you've never been in that, you go, wow, this is something. Yes. You know? So another a play that I've seen. Is this strange? I've seen you. So you're you're like my Broadway George Siegel. It's oh. like when I was growing up, I, every movie was like George Siegel and I Richard Dreyfuss. Oh. And and I, I love interviewing people who you know when I was in school. I, that's because I don't I don't get to see Broadway plays anymore. But um, I also saw Noises Off, oh one of gosh. the great great plays, comic plays, Noises Off, and, and one of the hardest. Yes, and I interviewed oh. Peter Bogdanovich, who did the film Noises yeah. Off. Um, unfortunately, just it doesn't, it did not translate to film. Yeah. I'm not really can, sure why. Yeah. It's it's hard. I In guess fact, you just have to I watch ju- it. I just did a, uh, a film, uh, not a film festival, a play festival at, mm-hmm. at the Alley in Houston, and um, a couple of the company members. You know, mm-hmm. they have a company of actors that work there constantly, and I said to them, "What's the hardest?" play you've done here since you started as mm-hmm. a company member three out of the four said noises off and why is that just oh it's just so complex and each time you go back you're going through the play again from another side and right the words are so similar yet different mm-hmm. it's just it's difficult plus and the, the physicality plus the physicality and i played belinda which mm-hmm. normally uh, okay she's okay you know, I mean, had I, I couldn't even read the role, honestly. I, I just called my agent and said, is this funny? Should I take this? Oh, yeah, I think every part in that's funny. Well, Belinda's tough. Mm-hmm. She's sort of the peacemaker, negotiator. And I kept, you know, for me, I'm always looking, what is the arc? What is the shift? Mm-hmm. Like, how am I after the play? But, like, I got to start one point and go to another. And nobody had really thought her out mm-hmm. sometimes they're characters that are pivotal so everything is done around them like a Mary Tyler Moore right she did have a shift mm-hmm. but sometimes they don't really follow that through mm-hmm. so I kept thinking there's got to be a shift in this so here she is always trying to make nice make it be pleasant be the peacemaker be the middle child is mm-hmm. what I called her you know and then I just had a moment at the end where she completely unravels and it was so funny and of course the stage manager is like 
you know, going, oh, Faith, this is not, this wasn't, a, 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 you know, what are you doing? I've got to send yeah. a memo. I said, well, send the memo. I said, if the director comes back and he hates it, I won't do it. But mm-hmm. I'm being, I'm consistent, you know? Right. I am being consistent. Mm-hmm. So that tells me that I'm getting somewhere. It's, it's, it's headed towards a payoff. Mm-hmm. Well, Michael Frayn came, who wrote it. He loved it. Loved it. That's so, so interesting. I got to keep it. Did it become then? Did they put it in the? Does it become? I, you know, a I don't know. Thing? I haven't. I haven't seen a version. I'm always curious since. about that because again, when I've done plays, I I just it's a little bit of boredom and a little bit of discovering things on a matinee, and you're like, oh, this works so much better. That's but right. But sometimes people get very upset. Well, with you, you have to clear it. Yes, especially in comedy. Yes, um, especially in comedy, which is very different than doing movies and TV because funny is always good. You just funny, well, funny, funny. and somebody else can edit it different yeah. if they don't, you know, that the power shift. But mm-hmm. once you're out there and you're with your colleagues and um, which like I just did Disaster on Broadway mm-hmm. with my favorite people in the world and honestly that as much as I love Guys and Dolls and I did and I love Catered Affair and I love King and I because mm-hmm. nobody ever saw me as Anna before that. But just the ensemble and people being so supportive and Mm -hmm. I have never laughed harder and it was great because everybody was a team player Mm -hmm. and that's my favorite I mean it's it's why I got into theater in high school Mm -hmm. you know that's amazing so I love that how do you find Broadway these days compared to you know the 80s and 90s is it better than Um, ever it's more like Vegas a little like Vegas big Mm, showy um, because of the social media now mm. what's happening in the dressing room is as important as what's oh, on stage no. which for no. me is just like really what am I doing you, you want to know what's on my dressing table what am I using really is that important oh, do you care should, about that that you know? should be sacred I know right but you asked me how it had changed that no, for me fascinating. and now they want you to take on you know a uh, a podcast right. in the dressing room for eight weeks, you know, for Broadway oh, wow. World. No, and I thank don't like God that. I had we had somebody like Jen Samard who you know yes. is you know probably ten years younger than me and is willing to do that. How I contribute is, you know, I participated. Right. So the problem I see with that is that you know part of the whole reason of getting into show business was so you get to have these little fun private moments, you know. One would think, Eliana. Well, not everybody feels, I mean, really. Well, like listen, that Elaine I, Stritch thing, you know, like that's... I don't, I don't have Facebook. I mean, you know, my manager and agent, like, what? You're crazy. <laughs> but see, my the title of my book is going to be Just Famous Enough. Uh-huh. And I like it that way. You do? I do. Well, that, you know, that's... I'm, I'm your girl. You know, but I'm I've sure I've kind of had a normal. I've had a family. I can get under the radar. You know, people every once in a while. Do I know you? I don't think so. Oh, really? Except when you're in New York. I bet Except you. Except when I'm in New York. Yeah. yeah, right. When you're in New York, I mean. Okay, but you know go, what I mean. It's just a, it's and... just enough. Yeah, but that that's still to me that's like to to have a be in a hit Broadway show. It, it kind of doesn't get. I think it doesn't get better than that. I absolutely love it. It's so old school. Glamorous, and you know. Anyway, okay. I think I can't imagine. Um, I, do you have a favor? Are you rooting for La La Land this year? The um, musical. I, I loved La La Land. I particularly loved the music. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I loved the leads. 
I'm on the fence a little mm-hmm. bit because it was done more naturalistic. Yes. And for me, it's sort of like if Tom Cruise were Gene Kelly, you know, mm-hmm. uh, nothing wrong. It's just for me. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to do a musical, I want to I want to see the passionate mm-hmm. technique of fulfilling the best of that. And I think because I've been around it all my life, yes. it's, it's just a little... I totally appreciated it. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be my top film. Yeah. I, I mean, I loved it. I was really a big fan of it. Sometimes some of the movie musicals that have come out recently, I don't like the quick cutting Me neither. It. And I love the master shots. So... I think that what I liked about the film the most was that there was the emotion. You could see their bodies. I, right. I, I wasn't, you know, it doesn't... It, and I, I certainly loved it. But, yeah. But if you're going to say, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But it's it'll be interesting to see if they both, if they want to, you know, go on Broadway now and do a musical. Mm-hmm. I think everybody, I mean, I think singing and dancing is very healing for... And, and I mean, I have to say, I mean, I... I Really loved the music. Mm-hmm. I th- found it innovative and um, interesting and different. Yes, you know, Manchester by the Sea. I mean, his performance I think is iconic. I really do. Yeah, beautiful film. I mean, like a Henry Fonda kind of down. Mm. I mean, like yes, the humanity and there's and- another wonderful film that I keep talking about. I Daniel Blake, which sadly I'm, it won the Palme d'Or, but uh, no. <laughs> No one here has heard of it. No one here has heard of it. Podcast. Unless they, uh, I'm sorry. Well, I I'll, I'll look that up. Uh, and wh- what are you doing? Uh, what are you doing now? What are you doing here? Well, I see you again. Naked I'm a at big the- recurring girl. <laughs> I'm a recurring on Modern Family. Yay. I just married uh, Fred Willard. Well, I love we Fred love Willard. Fred. Love him. We love Fred. And um, let's see. That's I just a fun was show on, to work on. Oh, great people! I worked in that Fantastic. show. I threw some improvs out. I was right. terrified. I thought they were going to go, but they let me do it. They're they're great, so great. Um, and I and I just had my wedding, so it was very funny. And um, then I did a Chicago Justice. I played a public defender, Holly Washington. She's Ooh. kind of quirky. <laughs> public defender. <laughs> quirky. That's that's the word of the. Quirky of the day. The day for us, I think. I, when I used to do stand-up, that was my joke. I used to say, everyone calls me quirky, which is strange because the look I'm actually going for is skanky. <laughs> <laughs> you could never be skanky. I know, I know. On that note, I'm too nice. Anyway, Faith, thank you so much for being here. I'm glad I saw you naked at the Beverly <laughs> Hot Springs. So We're super happy about it. Yes. <laughs> Go to the Beverly Hot Springs. Oh, and what we what did we say? I said I said you're the only other famous person I've seen naked here except for Judy Dench. <laughs> she did. Judy Dench. Wow. Melanie Griffith. Oh, and you saw I Melanie saw. Griffith. Yeah, naked. that is the That's spa good. to be naked at. Apparently. It is. It is. You rarely see. I rarely see famous. And she people looked there. beautiful, Melanie. And so did Judy Dench. There you go. She was one and hot. And so did both of you. Dish. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I wasn't there, but I'm pretty sure. We were whispering in the pool. Because you're not supposed to talk. You're not supposed to and talk. Of course, oh, she and I couldn't serene. help ourselves. Of course, of course. Oh, how much fun! Thank you, Faith, so much for being oh, with thank us. Thank you, like, pleasure. Um, you gals. can buy Ileana's book. Yes, you I can. blame Dennis Hopper now out in paperback at bookstores and on Amazon. You should buy it. Also, like our page on Facebook, where you will find more information. And our website is ilianaspodcast.com. Yes, and as I like to say, everyone's life is a movie with a beginning, a middle, and an end. 
And sadly, this is the end of our Take movie the pause, our just famous enough. Take, <laughs> I love, I'm going with take the pause. I think that's so funny. I love take the pause. Take the pause. Take the pause. Sure. I saw Jason Alexander once. He was, he was in a documentary and he said uh, doing a show, his was like, there's not enough plumes was his because he he did he did something and no matter what he no matter what heights he reached he never felt there was enough plumes, plumes and funny. i was i wanted to bat him because i was like how could you say there's you know i don't yeah. know to me anyone who's been on broadway it's like oh. the greatest anyway thank you thank you thank faith you. have Thanks a great for day having bye. everybody bye oh, not a- From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.